Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program today and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us every week at the same time. Uh, I have on the set today with me a very special guest. We're between series and I wanted to bring some guests on, but I have on the set with me today my pastor. This is my pastor, Lisa Unger. It is very good to have you on the show with me today. She is also my younger sister. So uh, uh, we are a family of ministries. You probably follow us. You might know that already, but it's good to have her on the program, and she will probably be on with me for the next few weeks. So I want you to tune in and join us. We're going to talk about a very special subject today. We're going to talk about crises of faith, and some of these things will be addressed, addressed I'm sorry, towards ministry. So if your pastor uh, needs encouragement, I encourage you to share this with him. And for those of you who are watching us live, if you would like to go back and review what we share, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can watch us on demand there. Uh, the YouTube uh, channel and the podcast is all available. The easiest way to do that is to go to my website at lenhouse.com and that address is on the screen. And in the upper right hand corner, there is an icon that'll take you directly to our channel, both for the uh, YouTube channel where you can watch it or you can go to the iTunes uh, icon, take you to our podcast or there's a little Android looking thing there that make you could take you right to your Android device and hear it a lot of different ways and redeem the time. So we're going to jump into this today. Again, this is my pastor, Lisa Unger. She pastors here Word of Deliverance Church in Berkeley Springs that our parents founded several years ago. And it's a great honor to have her on. And we've been talking a little bit in the last season about crises of faith. Something I shared uh, last month on the message of the month was about the sickness of Elisha, whereof he died. And actually the word sickness there has to do with the idea of being uh, depressed or melancholy, or he was walking through some real uh, crises, I think, of faith. And so uh, that was kind of a theme that I was on, and I wanted to have her on because I know she's done several things about that. And we were talking before the cameras come on, and I just want her to share some things. So it's good to have you on and jump right in there and take us wherever you'd like to, Pastor. So Well, thank you. It's good to be here, and um, uh, it's good to always share the gospel and be able to, to interact back and forth, and um, it's a great season. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about crisis of faith, and, uh, you know, we as ministry, we're always talking to people, you know, encouraging their faith. You know, it, uh, I'm sure your phone's like mine. It's very rarely silent. Somebody's in crisis. Somebody's in need. Somebody needs that word, needs that encouragement. But I also, you know, have had on my heart just in the last little bit. And, and so I've been sharing some things since the beginning of the year, really with a theme on opportunity. Um, but one of the things that kind of stuck out to me as I was sharing, and you've shared quite a bit of stuff before on John the Baptist and kind of the crisis of faith when John um, you know, is in prison and he sends his disciple. Well, his disciples come to him and say, Hey, John, you know, you got to hear what's been going on, what's happening. And he sends two of his disciples back and he said, just go ask him if he's the one, mm -hmm. if he's the Messiah. And they go back and he doesn't answer them. He, he's, he turns around and he begins to heal the sick and he begins to open the eyes of the blind and he starts doing miracles. And then he turns back to John and he said to the disciples and said, go tell John what you saw. 
that the uh, that the uh, blind receive their sight, the deaf their, have their ears open, and blessed is he who's not offended in me. And so they go back to John, and I believe probably in that season with John, he's questioning. You know, I'm in prison, no doubt, and I know that he must increase and I must decrease, and I. If this truly is the Messiah, I can u- lose my head in peace, you know, kind of thing. Just make sure this is right. <laughs> yeah, but if, if he's not the one, then I'm not done, you know, that kind of thing. And so he's he's in that place of questioning and, you know, are you the Messiah? Are you the real deal? Is this, you know, when we see the story of John, we know they're cousins. We know that John baptizes Jesus and said this Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And, you know, this is beautiful union. The, uh, the sky opens up. The, the dove descends. But then John asked this question later after introducing him as the Messiah. But we don't really see that John and Jesus have a lot of um, connection together. Yeah. You know, their ministries were different. John was an old covenant prophet, but he was, he, uh, uh, Jesus says of him, of, you know, there's none greater. Yeah. you know, than John the Baptist. And so we see where John is kind of having a transition or, or a crisis of faith, you know. And so then we come along in the story and uh, you see where uh, John is beheaded because of, you know, he's preaching against Herod. And so he's beheaded and the disciples come to Jesus to tell him what's been happening. And I noticed in the last little bit that in three times in that particular scripture that Jesus draws himself away. And what happens when Jesus finds out at the beheading of John the Baptist, the scripture says he goes into the mountain by himself to pray. Mm -hmm. So he goes into a quiet place because the demand is so big, you know, and then he meets with his disciples, one of the other gospels says, and he draws his disciples away. That next, uh, you know, his group of his closest inner circle. Inner circle. Mm-hmm. He draws them away, and they go into the mountain and pray. So we don't. And I think the scripture says it like we haven't even had time to eat, <laughs> or you know, we need to come. He says, "Come ye apart and rest a while." And so he brings them into a place of rest. And then uh, there's another after. Then when, when they come out of that place, the multitudes there, five thousand hungry people are waiting on Jesus to do the miracles and feed the multitude and that. And so um, he does the multitude of the, the five loaves, the two fish, and then he sends the disciples away. And the third time it says he goes into the mountain and pray while he sends the disciples mm-hmm. to the boat and says, get in the boat and go to the other side. And what made me think about that is there's sometimes that, you know, we as ministry don't take the time to refuel and refresh or maybe sometimes even spend that time with our inner circle where we can be vulnerable, where we can laugh and be encouraged and to refuel. We know crisis happens. We walk through crisis with people all the time, mm-hmm. but there's times it gets heavy. Yeah. I tell Dan sometimes, you know, we'll be talking. I said, you know, some people are just heavier than others yeah. because you have to carry yeah. them, you know, in his ministry. We're not only carrying the things that we walk through physically, emotionally, whatever, but we carry everybody else as yeah. well. And if you really don't find that, that quiet place, whether it's the mountain, you know, or the beach or whatever it is. Sometimes it's on a fishing boat. Sometimes it's, you know, whatever. You know, I I joke around all the time, tell people I can feel the anointing in TJ Maxx. So, you know, just, you know, it might be a retail therapy day, but there's sometimes it's not so much about 
the shopping or whatever it is. Sometimes it's about getting yourself away from the phone a moment mm -hmm. and drawing yourself to a place where some of my best times in fellowship with the Lord is in my car with either my worship music on, uh, my favorite preacher on a podcast, you know, something like that, where I can refuel myself because if we don't, it plays into our families. It plays into our relationships. And so I love that even, even our Jesus, health, you know, oh, yeah. health and physical health, you know. Right, because it can wear on you. And so I love the fact that, and I don't think that Jesus was in a crisis of faith because I think he knew from the beginning who he was and his mandate. But I think as, you know, the scripture says he was tempted on all sides, like, yep. you know, he was very God and very man. And so I love the example that he sets for us because sometimes we feel like we have to give ourselves permission, you know, to have some quiet time, to detach a little bit, to um, find that inner circle. And I think that's a very uh, a powerful thing to do there, you know. And then because when you step out of that place, you know, or even in that place, the demand doesn't quit. Yeah. The draw of the multitude is still there and they're hungry and they want to be fed, you know, and as they come out of that place, then we see one of the greatest miracles that Jesus does, um, you know, in the scriptures is when he feeds the 5,000, you know, and um, what that leads into is, you know, they're, they're the multitude's hungry. He says, send them away. He said, no, don't send them away, feed them. And so he puts the demand on the disciples where that's, you know, we find the five loaves, the two fish, the young lad that brings the, you know, the resources to that, which that to me speaks of a generation that has been poured into mm -hmm. that when the demand is there and when the crowd is in need, there's a generation, a younger generation yet behind us that has been poured into that says, it's not much, but I'll give it to you and you can multiply what I have. And God begins to do the miraculous um, amongst the people. And then he tells the disciples, he said, immediately, he tells them, get in the boat and go to the other side. And it's at that point that Jesus goes off into the mountain again to pray after the demand of the multitude. After he's poured out, you know, the greatest miracle, he tells the disciples, get in the boat and get in the, uh, go to the other side. So as they're, you know, they're in the boat and all of a sudden a storm comes. Well, these are not people who don't understand storms, you know. And so Peter sees him walking on the water and he says, you know, at a point uh, to him, you know, he says, uh, they're, they're in the boat, they're, they're going to the other side and the storm comes and like, these are professional fishermen, right? <laughs> like, you know, we, we know how to handle a boat. Um, but in through the storm, when they look, they see Jesus coming, but they think that he's a ghost or an apparition, mm -hmm. you know. And I think what happens is and when we walk through crisis and we walk through storms, sometimes it distorts our, our vision of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And we, don't, we can't see him in it for, uh, for the storm around us. Yeah. And it's at that point that, you know, Jesus says, you know, he says, well, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And he gets out of the boat. Twelve people had an opportunity to get out of that boat, but only one took it, you know. And Jesus grabs a hold of the hand of Peter and he walks him back into the boat. But uh, I had listened to a, a, a pastor the other day and he was saying it was about an eight-mile journey across that lake, uh, the Sea of Galilee. So he said they were halfway through 
So there's a point in that journey, you can either turn around four miles yeah. or you can keep going four miles, yeah, yeah. but either way it's yeah. four miles, you know, and God never changed his mind, never changed his mandate to them. He said, get in the boat and go to the other side, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's that point, Jesus gets in the boat, he calms the storm and he says to them, oh, ye of little faith. But I, you know, I even think in that, I always think, you know, Jesus, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? I think he probably punched him on the arm and said, hey guys, why'd you doubt me? You know, we just came out of a revival service where we fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, yeah. you know? But how is it that when we get in crisis, that our faith gets distorted mm-hmm. and our, our view of God sometimes gets distorted and we start questioning, Yeah, you know? But the other thing I think that's beautiful about that journey is he told him immediately, he said, when you get done feeding the multitude, take up 12 basketfuls. So that means every one of those disciples had a basketful. Yeah. And he told him immediately, get in the boat and go to the other side. Mm-hmm. That means in that boat What's, with 12 disciples, yeah are 12 basketfuls of provision, you know? So instead of looking to storm around us, we need to look between our feet and say, you are Instead of being a basket case, we need to look in the basket. (laughs) Look in the basket, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Because in the basket with them is the miracle, is the remembrance of the miracle, you know, of Jesus feeding the multitude. And it's once he gets them, you know, he gets in the boat, he calms the storm, they go to the other side, and immediately the demand is on them again, you know, in Genesaret as they begin to heal the sick and, and all the things that happen in Genesaret. So I think, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, our, 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 we can get distorted, you know, in our thinking about things. And uh, there's some keys there that I think, you know, if mm-hmm. you don't refuel, you don't refresh, you don't spend some time in prayer and things like that, then when crisis comes, you don't know how to, uh, you don't know how to navigate that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking while you were saying that about how when I believe it was Jacob who was fleeing from his brother Esau, and he came to the place at Bethel where he wrestled with the angel, I believe it was all night. And, and one of the things he said there was, surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. Oh, yeah. And so sometimes we don't, what we, it's like you said, they see an apparition when he comes walking to them on the sea. And sometimes we don't realize God is right in the middle of that in the crisis. Sometimes it's a shift. I was thinking while you were talking about that, I have never seen this before till you were talking about how they are just coming from, you know, the news that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And so, you know, uh, then they come to the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. I, I didn't really realize that was this kind of setup in that historic timeline, uh, because really there's something even more powerful even being said there is there a transition from, you know, John the Baptist, who was the, of all those, uh, the prophets, he said, of, of those that were born of women, there's not a greater than John the Baptist. Among all the old covenant prophets, there was not a greater. Uh, and probably that was even an honor, you know, uh, if you will, a eulogy somewhat to John the Baptist of an honor to him, said he's the greatest of what he was assigned to do. But we're about to cross over into something else. And then when they come into that miracle of the loaves and the fishes, they they leave the Passover. They cross the Sea of Tiberias, and they're in the wilderness. It's almost a repeat of the Exodus journey. So it's really a setup of how they are, you know, know, when when Jesus says to them, uh, the disciples, you feed them, for he himself knew what he would do. It's because this is not the first time 
God ever fed a multitude in the wilderness after they crossed the Red Sea after a Passover. So it's like the powerful picture. And Jesus even quotes after that when they said what, I, I mean, after all, even after that, so you talk about crises of faith. People standing there watching all this are like, uh, you know, they just fed 5,000 with, you know, the, the small amount of stuff they had. And, and, and Jesus just gets finished and the people said, well, what sign do you show us? That you're the Christ. I think Jesus probably went, duh. I mean, I mean, what more do you need to see? And sometimes I think that's probably a little bit we need to have a reminder ourselves. But then Jesus quotes this to put that right in the context of that transition. He said, your fathers ate man in the wilderness and they're dead. He's, 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 you know, reminding them of the Exodus journey in the wilderness. But I'm the true bread that came down from heaven. In other words, you thought that was the bread. That's not the bread. I'm the bread. And if you can get this bread, this is where we're headed. And sometimes walking through that transition can be difficult, you know. And I think, like you said, I think a lot of times um, even ministries like John the Baptist was probably sitting there thinking, you know, I, I, I just want to be sure that I gave my life to the right thing. Yeah. You know, one of the things happens when you get my age, you know, uh, you start thinking, you know, I, you know, did, have I really done, and I, I feel fairly satisfied that I think I've cool. stayed in my assignment, but cool. there are Good moments when you're yeah. thinking, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lord, you know, did, did I do what you told me to do? Have I fulfilled my assignment? And, uh, and I don't think, you know, God like had John the Baptist set up to be killed just because he was done with it. He was like, I'm done, throw right. you away. No, right. he was walking through some issues that I think we forget that people go through. Mm -hmm. When I was going through some of that stuff uh, about two years ago, and I went to, and preached for a pastor in Dallas, I, he said to me, how are you doing? I said, well, do you want my cliche answer? You want to know how I'm really doing? He said, well, I want to know how you're really doing. And when I started sharing with him, like you were saying about your inner circle, yeah. he said, thank you for telling me that because I'm going through it too, except you yeah. got to put your mask on, you right. know. Right. And so I think that was really some powerful stuff there. So, you know, that, that was stuff that I thought sometimes we don't realize the Lord is in this place and I knew it not, but God is still right in the midst of all of that, Absolutely. whether it's the storm, whether it's the, you know, so. And sometimes uh, you just need somebody to refocus you, to reset. Yeah. You need a reset, you know, and I was thinking, you know, as you were saying, uh, you know, and, and I, and I probably part of what Jesus, when he drew himself away to pray is like, I know that this is the baton being passed. This is the because you don't really, you know, he's starting to see the miracles and things of Jesus. But what he does is he quotes back to John, Isaiah, Isaiah 35, Isaiah 61. He quotes back the scripture to him. You know, uh, it, Jesus stands up and says that his one of the first sermons, uh, the spirit of the Lord's upon me because mm -hmm. he has anointed me. Basically what he tells John is he sends him back scripture and says, I got this. Mm -hmm. We're right on track. We're right on line. But you know what you were saying about even that with Jesus transition, he, he's giving them the picture of the manna in the wilderness and all of that kind of stuff. But he says about John, he said of them born of women, there's none greater, but the least of the kingdom That's right. is greater than John. And what he's saying there, he's not saying that, you know, John's, John fulfilled his assignment. There, there are divine terminations, you know, when things come yep. to a completion. It's yep. not, you know, and, and I've dealt with pastors before, like struggling in ministry or what if I have to... Even as they're this? trying to bring their congregations from law to grace. Right. And they're losing people sometimes. Right. It's like the, the the transition of that can really weigh heavy. Go ahead. Right. And so then you're like, you know, uh, because if you start counting nickels and noses and you start, 
you know, people are fickle. <laughs> people will leave you. You know, if, if that is what you focus on, you're going to get discouraged. You know, we have a friend that says all the time, don't quit pastoring in the summer because people are going to be on vacation. They're going to do what they're going to do. And if you count your success on numbers, you're going to get discouraged every time. It's just, you know, but what he's doing is making the statement that we're about to transition into kingdom mindset. The least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist and what God's about to establish is, you know, because John is a picture of law and grace. You know, it's a picture of the old covenant, the new covenant, Mm -hmm. the coming together of them, you know, the supernatural connection of them in the womb and and all of that. You know, it was the divine, it, it was prophecy. It was scripture fulfilled. So he sends message back to John, quotes him scriptures and says, we're right on track. Yeah. You know, we're right on track of what we were doing. But, you know, you were saying about, you know, sometimes sharing with, uh, you know, do we tell what we really feel or do we yeah. say, I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed yeah. going out, you know. Put your precious uh, Jesus yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Yeah. You know, that's what we've been taught. So, you know, you just keep going. But there's sometimes, you know, I mean, I have a, I have an inner circle too with some ladies. We do a la- uh, ladies of leadership circle and it's for women in leadership where we can just be vulnerable and the the ladies of leadership stands for lol which is laugh out loud you know for that and sometimes the greatest thing is just to be able to laugh in the moment you know we all know the stories (laughs) you know we can all say the same stories but they just have different names you know or or whatever but names are changed to protect the innocent innocent, (laughs) you know and so uh but the beauty of it is you know like jacob you know, said, the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. We know that God is in the midst of whatever it is that we walk through, whatever the crisis or whatever it is. But the reminder sometimes, you know, um, Jesus models it. We pray. We hang out with those, you know, in our circle. And we we feel refresh ourselves. you know. uh, I've been sharing about David some. And when David is about to make the transition into, you know, he's been anointed king, but he has no idea what that means. You know, I don't know what this means yeah. yet. But anyway, my hair is greasy. Right yeah, now. they pulled oil on my head and now I'm still keeping sheep. And, you know, nothing but changed. nothing changes. And dad just sent me back to the sheep. And I don't know what all that was about. But anyway, you know, but Saul gets tormented from an evil spirit. And they said, we need somebody. He said, you need somebody that that can play on the harp or can, you know, worship or whatever. And so what he does is he calls for a worshiper, a boy named David, who can come into an atmosphere and change the atmosphere. And there is something prophetic, something powerful about worship, you know, and the atmosphere you create. Because the worst thing you want to do if you're having a crisis of faith, most of the time is hang out with somebody else who's in crisis. (laughs) Like you need, you need somebody who can talk you, you know, you know, out of your, off the ledge, somebody talk you out of the ledge, off the ledge or whatever, you know, and so uh, understanding how powerful his harp was. And I always say the, one of the greatest things about David, probably most powerful, wasn't his slingshot as much as it was his harp. Yeah. But we still feed from the book of Psalms because of a man who spent time in worship yeah. with God, you know, and, and you can read the book of Psalms and understand David's, you know, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you discomforted? Well, why cast down is a sheep term. That means you're laying on your back with all four feet sticking up in the air. <laughs> it's, the, it's the ultimate help. I've fallen and I can't get up, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's called a cast down sheep. Yeah. And uh, so he talks himself through some. He's got to remind yeah. himself of the scriptures. He's got to encourage himself in the Lord, uh, you know. And so those, I think, are, are powerful pictures of that even 
you know, the greatest of the great. Sometimes, you know, we struggle and, and um, we don't want to look weak. Yeah. But yet, uh, every, you know, uh, learning how to navigate those seasons so that you can stay afloat, but also you bring along with you. I was doing counseling not too long ago with a person and, and they were sharing some things. And so I just started to share a little bit of my story without being too vulnerable, you know, and they were like, Really? Because I never think anybody else goes through anything. You know, I never I know. see that about you or I never see that about, I said, well, it's because we cover it, we keep going or, you know, or you just don't know that I, you think you're the only one, you know, but if you're in ministry, you're going to deal with some things, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's what that pastor said to me in the car. He said, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, even uh, the, the, the following fall that I shared a little bit about that in our conference and, uh, you know, our friend David Hughes said to me, Thank you for doing that because we thought you were bulletproof, you know, right. that you never go through anything. And it just let the rest of us realize that, you know, we all walk through stuff. So I think it's sometimes you just, you have to take the mask off. I think people are looking for something authentic, you know. Right, right. And if you understand, you know, what, what you were saying before, um, I was thinking that earlier coming down the road, you know, pressure on ministry in making transitions sometimes from law to grace and, you know, uh, being raised up in classical Pentecost and, st- uh, you know, and things like that. A lot of times you lived under a certain mandate of, of demand and things like that. But I think really when you come to, you start to make those transition, it, it can be a, it can be a tricky, challenging transition. Yep. And, and you're bringing a, a flock with you. But man, when you really understand that the gospel of grace is freeing, you know, and the power of grace through faith, Yep. You know, and I, and I don't think you can have one without the other. Grace through faith, that we give ourselves grace as well as we preach, you know, as we give yep. to. Uh, but understand the grace of God in our life and understand the transition. I, I mean, I just think it's a powerful picture as John begins to transition out and Jesus begins to transition in and he's thrust into the, the ministry then of the kingdom. And yep. he begins to establish more kingdom mindsets the voice of the old covenant prophet has come to completion, not to an end nor necessarily been silenced, but it's come to a completion. It did what it was supposed to. It brought it, us to Christ. It did what it was supposed to do. And there were those times when it's a divine termination where we move on from that place and man, it propels. Mm-hmm. I said the other Sunday, sometimes God gives you a gentle nudge and sometimes he catapults you <laughs> right into whatever the next phase is, you know, yeah. of ministry. So yeah. Well, I think that that's, that's so powerful. And, you know, like I said, you know, uh, the pastor that I was talking to when I was sharing that was talking about, he said, yeah, I'm, let me t- share my story. He said, I was sitting in a, a, a school class trying to learn how to be a barber. And I said to him, well, you can quit what you do, but you can't quit who you are. So oh, you'd be standing good. on that soapboxes cutting hair, preaching the gospel because the gospel's in you and you can't quit what you, what you are. You can yeah. quit what you do, but it's, it is a weight at times to share. You know, I think every time the camera comes on here, we're talking to possibly a hundred, 120 million homes. And I always take that with great weight and responsibility yes. as we're leading a, really a reformation. And so those are heavy things, but I just want to encourage people that are watching today that if you're going through some things, Jesus is there. He's in the boat 
He might be calling you out. He might be trying to get you to unload the boat, but he's still there. We're about to run out of time. If you'd like to sow a seed into the ministry to help us to stay on the air, uh, you can give through the link that's there on our website via PayPal. You can use your credit or debit card. You can call the number on the screen and someone will take your call, or you can send a check or money order to the address that'll come up on the screen. But we do need your help. So reach out today and thank you for joining us again next week. I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant. For instance, they thought Moses and the law was the door into the sheepfold, but Jesus said to them, I am the door. They thought that Israel was the true vine, but Jesus said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. As you read the pages of this book, you will discover that Jesus removed the covenant of death and replaced it with the covenant of life. Get your copy of the book, The Great I Am, today.